A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. If you are a livestock person, you know what it takes to care for cattle, horses, pigs in the winter. But maybe you don't know so much about what it takes to care for zoo animals. We're here today at the Henry Vilas Zoo in Madison with Gary Hartledge, one of the lead zookeepers here at the zoo, talking about what it takes to care for these animals through the winter. So Gary, tell me a little bit about, obviously it probably varies from species to species, but how do these different animals, I guess, respond to our winters here in Wisconsin? Uh, That's a great question and it's got a lot of answers actually. All of our buildings have heating and air conditioning to it so we can adjust the temperatures inside pretty easily. Some of our animals love being out in the cold. They're designed for the wintertime. Others are more tropical animals, aren't really so much. Um, but we do have holding space inside that's large enough for them to move around and be comfortable in. And just like a lot of us, they actually don't mind being inside in the wintertime, being all nice and warm and cozy. Depending on the day and the amount of snow we have, some of those more tropical animals like our rhinoceros or even our giraffes or flamingos can go outside for just a little bit. If they just want to stick their head outside, they can do that. If they want to be out for an hour or so, they can do that as well. It's not an everyday thing, but if it's a nice sunny day and there's not much snow on the ground, we'll at least offer them that option to go out if they want to, and it's up to them. And I'm sure too, you know, ending up inside in some of these situations, maybe, you know, and maybe not so many people at the zoo in the winter versus in the summer, I'm sure maybe you have to do a little bit more interaction with them to kind of, you know, keep them engaged and keep them from, I guess, getting bored. Yeah, that's a big part of our job, uh, regardless of what time of year it is. We always provide enrichment for our animals. Uh, It's not just adding more stuff into their habitat or adding stuff to their diets or stuff like that, but they do get a little bit more attention uh, than what they would normally elsewise from the keeper staff and stuff like that. My day and my keeper's days, our actual time spent with the animals is very minimal. We don't get so much of the the interaction that everybody thinks we do. And you know, if we get a minute or two here with our, our animals and stuff like that, that is wonderful for us. It's something that we treasure and everything like that. So working in the wintertime with them helps us get that bond with them and keep that bond and stuff like that going there. But our routine doesn't really change that much. It's just whether we're cleaning outside or inside and what building that we need to go to and stuff like that. Now, I'm sure obviously different species eat different things even through all throughout the year. You know, and I know when it comes to the livestock side of things, we stock up on hay, stock up on those kinds of things here in the fall, getting ready for the winter. Is that something that you guys have to focus on too? Do you, you know, truck in feed or those kind of things to get prepared? Or what does it take, I guess, to keep them fed all through the winter? Yes, today's a perfect timing. Earlier today, we just had a hay delivery. Uh, It's one of several that we're going to be getting before winter really sets in to get us through that time. So we get uh, grassy hay, we get alfalfa hay, we also use straw for bedding. So we just got one truckload in today. We're going to be getting at least one, if not two more, uh, before the winter starts to get that stuff in there. Everything else from the produce and the specialty feeds, just like with livestock, they have cattle feed, they have pig feed, they have stuff like that. A lot of our species has individual foods made just for them. A lot of our primates has various biscuits that are made for their dietary needs. Our flamingos have their own food. There's a flamingo chow. Uh, we have other diets like that that are commercially formulated for the species. So we get that. Um, that thankfully we can get pretty much year round. 
Um, also, some of our animals that eat fish or raw meat, we can get that most of the time throughout the year as well. That's usually more seasonal, like when the catches are and stuff like that. But yeah, we try to plan for that ahead of time as much as we can, just to make sure that we don't run out of stuff. To prepare for winter, you know, is there other different things that you have to do with obviously you say you can air condition or heat the buildings and obviously you'll transition to start heating are there other things like you talk about getting straw bedding those kind of things are there other things that you have to do to prepare those buildings to be able to have animals in them i guess more often than you are in the summer one of the bigger things that we need to do i'll use our bears for example our female grizzly, or I'm sorry, our female polar bear will den up for the winter time for a few months. We have to get the building ready for that. So instead of keeping it warm, we got to get it nice and cold in there before it gets cold again as her body adjusts and everything else. We also have grizzly bears in that building and they go dormant for the winter time. So we need to get it a little bit colder. So we'll be making it colder throughout uh, the fall and into the winter time as well. So that when their bodies are telling you like, I'm going to go sleep for a while now. The building environment is all inside for that. So we have to worry about insulating the pipes and, and everything else like that. But that was done during the design and build phase and stuff like that. I'm sure, obviously, a lot of these animals don't call Wisconsin their native home. And, you know, we were talking, I guess, before about how animals move from zoos to zoos. Now, when they first arrive here, does it end up having to be kind of a transition period to kind of let them get used to it if they're not used to being in this kind of weather? Yeah, they'll adjust. Uh, depends on where they came from and, and where they are. Not only um, what environment are they native to. Um, yeah, all of our animals that come in there, regardless of what climate they live in or where they are, they go through a quarantine period. If it's a smaller animal, they can be done at our animal health center. If it's a larger animal, it would be in uh, the exhibit or close to the exhibit that they're going to be into so that they'll get a small uh, adjustment time during their quarantine period instead of just putting them out on exhibit and them trying to figure it out there. So if we need to keep them in a barn for a little bit, um, warm it up or cool it down a little bit, depending on what their needs are, we can do that to help them match the environment and stuff like that. Just with any transfer though, whether it's people flying from one place to another or animals being transferred from one zoo to another, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment and a settlement period there. Sometimes it happens really quickly. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer and stuff like that. Fall and I guess spring, depending on the management situations, a lot of livestock people will do vaccinations and those kind of special care things, I guess, this time of year. Is that something that you do with the zoo animals as well, or is it kind of more just an all year kind of thing? It's an all year kind of thing, but there are some things that we do take care of more in the springtime than in the fall or winter. One of the things that we have to watch about with some of our bird species is West Nile, even though it's established in the United States and everything like that our birds are still susceptible to it. So we have to give them uh, vaccinations before the spring, before the mosquito season really starts. Uh, some of our mammals as well are also susceptible to that. So we just need to make sure that we're on top of those vaccinations before, like I said, the mosquito season really starts and stuff like that. Uh, the other vaccinations that we give, depending on what it is, um, we can do that different times throughout the year. Our animals are on a veterinary schedule. We can, our vets can look at them at any time, but we do have scheduled certain times of year we're going to be working on certain animals to get their annual physical examinations in and stuff like that. Uh, just with over 600 animals in our zoo, it's kind of hard to do all at once. So we try to plan it out and space it out throughout the year. So our vets are always busy throughout the year doing stuff and doing preventative medicine and everything else that we can. And we have that luxury of having um, the vet staff here three days a week and they're on call. So if something comes up in between one of their days off or that they're not here because they don't really have days off, 
they can come in or we can bring it to the UW and they can take care of it there. Talk a little bit about, you know, I guess when it comes to those kind of health things with the animals, tell, talk a little bit about your handling systems, those kind of things to really manage animals that are a little bit different and you have a lot of species here as well. Yes. So everything goes completely different depending on what it is. If it's a large animal like our white rhinoceros, uh, we're not able to really freely move him around the zoo or our giraffes or even our bison. Um, so what we would have to do for any veterinary things there, we'd be going to the exhibits, be going into their indoor holding spaces. A lot of our animals are behaviorally conditioned to help volunteer in their animal care. So we're training a lot of our animals to allow a hand injection instead of using a dart gun or a pulse syringe or something like that. We can go up to them, just give them the shot there and they don't really mind. We've been working with that, with their training behaviors and everything else like that. Some medications opening mouths and stuff like that for them to be able to get into. So a lot of voluntary participation is a lot of our time that we spend with training and stuff like that. But depending, I said, like with the bigger animals, there may have to be an immobilization involved and stuff like that. There's also a lot of remote equipment. We do have a, a portable x-ray machine where we can take it down to whatever animal we need to, and we can get the x-rays right on the computer uh, within a couple minutes. We also have a portable uh, ultrasound machine to do any of that kind of stuff as well. So some of the diagnostic stuff that we can just do easily here, but it might be a light sedation or something like that. So depending on the species and what we really need to be doing, it's not that hard. Um, some of our stuff, we can crate train them. Like we had one of our marmosets go down to the Animal Health Center for a health exam just this week. Uh, we were able to put a crate in there and get it in there, take it down to there, no problem. We didn't have to worry about catching it up or anything like that. Some of the blood draws that we do like on our penguins, it's a manual restraint, um, but they're kind of used to it. So we just need to hold them steady enough for the vet to get a needle and to get a blood sample. It's not real stressful or anything else like that. They're, they're kind of used to it. They've been conditioned to uh, participate with that. Well, out here at the Henry Vilas Zoo with Gary Hartledge, one of the lead zookeepers here at the zoo, learning what it takes to care for all the zoo animals, and especially through the winter. Wisconsin winters aren't easy for anybody, whether you're a livestock producer or a zookeeper. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman.